I think maybe to start our show this morning, uh, let me uh, let me chat to Michael Swain, who joins us on Zoom this morning. Uh, Michael, it is good to have you with us uh, today, brother. Good morning, Mark. Lovely to be with you as always, and good morning to your listeners. And just in case there's any listeners that don't know you, I mean, you and I have been talking for the last year, so I, I imagine many do. But just in case there are any listeners that don't know you, let me introduce you. Michael is the executive director of 4SA. He studied law abroad. He's been successful in business. He has co-founded uh, the His People Every Nation church movement in South Africa. Uh, and he is the CEO of Freedom of religion South Africa uh, freedom of religions I mean Michael is there anything that you can't do do you surf on the weekends as well believe it or not <laughs> the, the answer is yes oh. not as often as I used to oh that's hysterical uh, Michael represents an organization called 4SA uh, freedom of religion South Africa is a legal advocacy organization which works to protect and promote the constitutional right to religious freedom in South Africa. Uh, each Friday we have them on talking about kind of the current state of the nation and how the church and the state integrate and interact and uh, the current engagements and topics which are uh, going on. And today in particular, we're going to be talking about the Department of Basic Education's new standard operating procedure, which currently still makes it impossible for churches to meet in schools. And so, Michael, I'm hoping that we can outline the challenge uh, that this poses to religious freedom and rights in our country. And, uh, yeah, maybe we can just start off by talking about what is the school activity that the department is currently saying may take place uh, within local schools. Well, schools are basically open for business, if you like, uh, their business as usual. Uh, You know, already all the extracurricular activities that were formerly considered to be unsafe in the COVID pandemic, like sports matches and choir rehearsals and inter-school competitions and that sort of thing, they're all back on. And uh, it's also worth noting that in that context, a thousand people or indoor or 2000 outdoor spectators, everybody clubbing together, they can attend those things freely. That is not considered to be in any way a health hazard. And they furthermore say in their operating procedures that physical distance is no longer a requirement for schools. And even asymptomatic uh, individuals, you know, people who've tested uh, COVID positive but have no symptoms can still attend schools. And the the current state of affairs is therefore that schools have returned pretty much full-time to normal, no social distancing, all activities resumed, thousands of spectators allowed to come to these events. And that is all good and well, except for the fact, and this is where the discrimination, the unfair discrimination comes in. The churches, which typically before the COVID pandemic rented out many of the school premises, used to rent them out to churches uh, for their Sunday services, are still not welcome. They're not allowed, the school is not allowed to rent out its premises uh, for the purposes of Sunday services. It specifically says that uh, in, in, in this particular regulation that uh, schools or school halls should not be used for church services. And the reason they give, by the way, is to minimize contamination of school facilities and to observe social gathering restrictions. But as I've just pointed out, they don't exist in any other context. Well, I mean, Michael, as you're talking, I'm obviously delighted that some semblance of normality is 
being returned to South Africa day-to-day operations. Um, I'm looking forward to going to rugby matches in general. Loftus is just down the road from me, uh, and I'm looking forward to supporting the Blue Bulls. Um, but I'm also looking forward to my son um, getting involved in sport and going and attending those sporting events. Um, but as you're talking, you, you're saying that the department's reason is to keep contamination out of school facilities and to keep that contamination to a minimum and that's why they're they're um, not allowing churches to come back into their facilities. Uh, what then is Foyce's view on this? Well it, it's clearly a ridiculous uh, decision because even under our current lockdown level regulations and this has been the case since September uh, December rather Religious gatherings of up to a thousand people for an indoor venue or two thousand for an outdoor venue have been permitted. And also bear in mind that a church meeting is subject to very stringent, the most stringent health and sanitation, record keeping, social distancing protocols. So it is absolutely not possible to see how church meetings, which are, as I said, subject to all these protocols, have any greater risk of contamination for school premises than all these intersport competitions and choirs and what have you with thousands of spectators. And also remember this, churches meet on Sundays, not a school day. And we know that this COVID-19 virus is only transmitted by airborne particles. So literally uh, come Monday and with all the sanitation that has to take place both before and after the meetings, there is zero risk of contamination. Mm-hmm. And therefore in our view is there's no way that this is a, a legitimate a ban for the reasons that the department is trying to is trying to give. And look, I, I know that there's impact in terms of this ban on religious communities because um, even the local church, which I previously served, uh, Crystal Park Baptist Church in Benoni, um, just before COVID, we had completely run out of space in, in our building. We had moved to two services and both services were completely full. Um, and so our desire was to pursue um, opportunities to meet in a in a larger hall, in a function area. We had excellent relationships with our local uh, primary school who had a massive hall uh, and were quite willing to accommodate us but as COVID hit and all of these um, uh, bans came into place um, that opportunity was taken off the table for us so so I know that this does impact religious communities but obviously you you're far more aware of the of the greatest of the greater religious community in South Africa uh, maybe you want to detail some of the issues that are being faced around the country well it, it's a massive uh, blow to churches particularly let me say uh, in the previously disadvantaged communities mm. where they haven't had access to land, they haven't had the finances, they haven't had the ability. So true. Schools have been almost the incubators for churches. I mean, thousands and thousands and thousands of churches have been meeting in school premises. And for the last two years, therefore, many of these churches cannot meet at all. And that particularly impacts the disadvantaged communities. And so many churches literally have had nowhere to go from the beginning of the state of emergency. And effectively, that means that they've been deprived of their constitutional right to practice their religion in community, which section or Article 31 of the Constitution uh, says that they can. The other thing, of course, is that school governing bodies were previously able to rent out their school Mm. facilities. And as you just mentioned, you had a very good and positive relationship with your local school and many, many churches do, or should I say, used to. Um, And this also gave the school 
a very nice little stream of income, additional money that they yes. could collect. And that was in turn used for the benefit of the community of learners and teachers and parents. But this has now been literally arbitrarily removed by the Department of Basic Education. Uh, school governing bodies no longer are able to exercise what was historically and typically uh, a very, very good way of them building bridges with the community and also uh, gaining extra additional income so that they can benefit the learners and upgrade the schools. So th th there is just no logic and no rational reason why this uh, ban, absolute ban, indefinite ban, I should say, uh, because it's part of the standard operating procedures is still in place and it needs to be challenged. Michael, it kind of feels arbitrary at this stage. It kind of feels irrational at this stage. Um, as a question, is it unfair? Is this unfair discrimination against churches? Well, the thing about discrimination is once you've shown that it's discriminatory, it's automatically in our law deemed to be unfair. And so when they say they specifically ban church services, they're obviously selecting out churches for a specific and discriminatory ban. And therefore, yeah. yes, it is unfair. Also, mm. given the fact that all these other activities, inter-school events and competitions, etc., are allowed, but these non-school activities, which is obviously aimed, I think, primarily at church services, are not allowed, then that in itself is discriminatory. And again, the distinguishing between one event where you can have a thousand people indoors and two thousand outdoors and that's perfectly safe and fine uh, if it's a sports match or if it's an indoor choir rehearsal or whatever it might happen to be and somehow exactly the same type of event just involves a religious context uh, is now somehow banned how is that not discriminatory how is that not unconstitutional hmm. So, so what can be done? And and I, I kind of ask that question tongue-in-cheek because from experience now talking to you over the years, I've realized that much can be done, that we have a voice uh, as a nation. Uh, we live in a democratic uh, society. Um, our voice, uh, when it is raised, is heard. Uh, and so when I ask the question, what can be done, I'm guessing that there is an answer, that there is something that we as the people can do uh, in this situation. There absolutely is an answer, and uh, we for us are putting in place a petition to Parliament, which we're going to get a wide support for. That's going to be a campaign that we're going to be running. I should say this, though. We've actually taken the decision to put this major campaign on the back burner for the next few weeks because there is an even greater threat, which I want us to talk about next week, to our religious freedom and even to our democratic rights in the form of these draft health regulations that are currently open for comment and have been gazetted. They're only open, by the way, until the 15th of April. Okay. And these regulations, that we, as I say, we can talk in more detail next week, are literally going to replace and make indefinite the same type of unaccountable, no parliamentary oversight, draconian powers mm. the government has used mm. under the COVID pandemic and make those literally available to government indefinitely and they can declare literally anything they want to be either an endemic or a pandemic. It is a continuation, unaccountable, literally, I would view this as almost a type of a power grab because it is severe overreach at any stage they want if these regulations get through. And we are now mounting a major campaign in the next uh, few weeks up until the 15th, certainly, to oppose this because it will literally uh, be 
pretty much the end of the democratic South Africa as we know it, we think, uh, if these things go through unchecked and unchallenged. So we're going to talk about that some more. And then we're going to be focusing on this uh, school campaign, which bans religious or particularly church services in schools, because that is also absolutely unacceptable. Mm. And it hits the religious and the faith community at, at, at a fundamental gut level. So, so Michael, I mean, this is really important. There is limited time uh, in terms of the conversation to be had uh, with government. For those who are listening in, now is the time to mobilize. Uh, even for my part, Michael, if you can send me details and links um, uh, you know, as soon as possible, um, I will post those and get them out uh, as far and wide as I possibly can. Um, uh, we really do need to mobilize around this to make sure that we protect our rights, uh, our fundamental yeah. rights to religious freedom in the country. Uh, and maybe if I can take this opportunity to point listeners to where they can get more information on this topic and on other topics. If you go to www.4SA, that's, uh, it stands for Freedom of Religion South Africa, but it's forsa.org.za or just type it in in Google, um, I'm sure Google will get you there, uh, you can go to the website and there on the website there are things like newsletters that they can follow, a whole lot of media that uh, listeners can have access to um, and then also I guess encourage them to go to your social media um, Facebook page and that is Freedom of Religion SA I will post those details in the show notes uh, today uh, so that people have access to them and any links that you send me Michael I'll put into the comments of uh, of this morning's show notes. Now that's fantastic. And we will be sending out probably today, in fact, uh, a specific alert on these health regulations. So if you haven't signed up for the newsletter and you want to be informed, then please do sign up today. And we're going to be sending out videos. We're going to be sending out WhatsApps. We're going to be sending out links so you can go and make a personal submission, an individual submission. We have to raise our voices mm. and make our voices heard and push back. Michael, there's another way that people can access this information and even share it uh, with friends. If you've been, if you, if you are listening in to the conversation between myself and Michael this morning, and you are interested or you want to share this with family or friends, um, the freedom of religion insert gets separately podcast uh, to table talk with mark and so if you go to table talk with mark you will see and you can find that on any of your or wherever you're following podcasts uh, you'll see that there is a south african flag and that south african flag is the freedom of religion insert on a friday morning uh, please do share that uh, with friends and family uh, and get the conversation rolling or your pastor so that he knows what's going on in terms of this space as always, can I just say, Michael, thank you so much for talking to us and, and highlighting these issues. They really are important for us to keep our, our eyes on. Really appreciate you and the work that you guys do. Thank you, Mark. Really appreciate you as well. Thank you so much. God bless, brother.